kids, they said. It will be fun, they said. Who the heck are they, anyway? As moms, we sacrifice a lot for our families, our time, our health, our wallets, our identity, friendships, personal care, and of course, our beloved sleep. Motherhood is a crazy ride, one that is not meant to be braved alone. It takes a village, right? Well, your village is here. I'm your host, Sabrina Greer, and every week I will be diving into the gray areas of motherhood with some very special guests. This is not the highlight reel, but the real deal. So reheat that cup of coffee, turn up the volume, and get ready for the reminder that you've got this, mama. Hello, and thank you so much for tuning in again. I'm your host, Sabrina Greer, and I'm honestly a little bit torn about today's episode. I think it's a super important topic that needs to be talked about. I personally suffer silently with some aspects of this issue. We may lose a few listeners today, hopefully not, but I have vowed to always service mamas by talking about the gray areas that we encounter on this crazy journey that is motherhood. You see, there's some mixed emotions and there's some controversy around this topic. There's powerful stigmas associated with motherhood and the consumption of alcohol. How much is too much? Are we numbing a deeper issue? Is it isolation, boredom, postpartum depression? Has society encouraged a new demographic of the wine mom? We have some fabulous guests here today to shine some light on the darkness. Please help me welcome Jillian West, aka Soberlicious Mama. Hi, Jill. Hey. <laughs> and Heidi Smith. Hi, Heidi. Hello. Hey. So, Jillian is a mother of three girls crazy and wife to James West. She's an active member in the recovery community and very passionate about helping women, especially mothers, live a life free of addiction to any and all substances. Jill is an activist for women entrenched in the sex trade wishing to exit. You can follow her on social media. We'll get to that in the show notes where she features her life as a mom, an influencer and her personal recovery journey. Jill's also an upcoming author, and you've got this mama too. Yeah. She's the creator of Superlicious Mama's support group. (laughs) Yeah. And a personal trainer specializing in postpartum fitness. Wow. Jill, you are a busy, busy lady, and I can't wait to hear more about what's going on with you. Then we also have Heidi Smith, who is a professional businesswoman. She's the CEO of Addictive Designs, Inc. She's the operator of Right Sized Coaching and founder of Archangels Society that supports moms in recovery. However, her greatest title is mom. She is a full-time mom to her son, Rocco, who's 12 years old, and stepmom to Savannah, 17, and Jacob, 15. Ooh, lots of teenagers. Yeah, a lot of teens. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a bit too, because I'm, I'm just yeah. coming into one of those and ooh, it's a scary place. Sure. Uh, it is Heidi's mission to unify those that are recovering from what is lost. She is an outspoken, feisty advocate around recovery and has heard and seen, she's been heard and seen in social media all across North America for the last seven years. So we'll learn more about that too. She believes Mm -hmm. everyone is recovering from something, which is so powerful. We're going to talk about that too. Heidi is a Mm -hmm. full-time recovery in full-time recovery from her addictions and trauma, none of which works against her. She is here to smash the stigma around addiction by letting it fuel her passions with design, media, and coaching. Heidi will always stand on the front line, supporting women and moms in recovery, showing them that they too can be their authentic self and follow their journey. Yay. Hi, guys. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Such a, a 
big introduction. I love it. You guys are doing some pretty incredible things. And I just, I absolutely love that you're both here with me today. So thank you. And I gather that you are together right now in person (laughs) all the way in Vancouver. (laughs) Is that where you are? Vancouver? We were in North Vancouver at Heidi's new little log cabin. (laughs) So awesome. So I'm glad that you're here with us today. And it's so fun that you're, you're very close friends. And I think it's a beautiful thing that you're doing. So Mm let's get into it. (laughs) It is a very controversial topic, right? This whole, everyone gets a little bit icky when you start talking about things. It it almost feels like a judgment. Um, You know, it's funny because I started doing some research for this show and I read some statistics that, you know, really sort of hit me, (laughs) hit home for me. And I read some articles about, you know, this, this one mom, and I won't, say the exact article because it's probably, I'm combining a whole bunch that I read. I read like 30 of them, which obviously shows that there's something going on out there. But one of the articles was this mom and she was talking about, you know, she'd come home and she'd pour a glass of wine with dinner. And then it was like, oh, well, you know, dinner's over and the kids are kind of crazy. So I'm just going to have another little half glass. And then that would turn into another glass. And then after bed, another glass. And next thing she knew, she was consuming, I think she said 35 drinks a week. And she only, (laughs) (laughs) she only realized that when she went to her doctor and lied, you know, it's like, oh, are you stressed? Are you this? Are you that? how much do you, how much alcohol do you consume? And she's like, Oh, you know, like a casual glass of wine with dinner. So is it a problem when you have to lie about it? And is it a problem when you're consuming that much is my first question for you guys. I think it's like individual. Um, but definitely for, in my experience starts with lying. Yeah. Right. Hiding the amount. I was, this is Heidi speaking. I was just going to say also that statistic, the statistics are probably inaccurate because a lot of people are afraid to come forward. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's probably a lot more out there. And yes, it is. Like Jillian said, it's, it starts with people. I know I just said, oh, just this, just that. And it's been, you know, even now, like more and more comes out as you go, like the reality of what it is, right? And whether it's one drink or, or 35 drinks, there there is something way deeper than just the alcohol that they're, or we have consumed or women are consuming, like you said, right? Mm-hmm. That's just the temporary Band-Aid, right? So it's not about the number that you drink or the amount you drink. It, it, it's just the, what's underlying deep down within that makes us pick up, right? Absolutely. I read another quote and it said, one of the hardest parts of coming out to the public that I'm struggling with my alcohol to really, or my relationship to alcohol is feeling that I am the only one. Wine is so nonchalantly joked about and so casually consumed that it feels like I'm weak, willed for not being able to keep my own consumption in check, a consumption, mind you, that I didn't realize was out of check until fairly recently. So that was a quote from another article I read. And it's so interesting because honestly, I'll be totally transparent with you guys. That's how I feel. I feel like I I do. It's it's one drink and then it becomes two drinks and then it becomes three drinks. And then next thing you know, I'm like waking up with a hangover 
am I completely out of control and all over the place? No. Could I drive if there was an emergency? Not legally. (laughs) And, you know, I feel awful in the morning. I am full of anxiety. I know that I consume too much. You know, then I start to go, oh, is there, do I have a problem? Is it something wrong with me? You know, am I a bad mother? Am I doing the best I can do to take care of my children? And it just starts this downward spiral. And it's known that alcohol is a depressant. So while you feel a little bit of relief in that moment where you've had a tough day when, you know, the whole chaos of motherhood is taking over, you're like, oh, I just need, mommy needs a drink, <laughs> right? It's yeah. it's that whole downward spiral, that rabbit hole that some of us are, are kind of stuck in that's what I see as the problem. And society has really just romanticized this whole thing around consumption. You know, there's rosé all day and babes on hips, wine on lips. There's all these taglines and it's on mm wine glasses and coffee mugs and t-shirts and like it's just become this whole monopoly of like it's okay to to -hmm. do that (laughs) so yeah it's it's everywhere especially like in recent like in the last few years I really noticed but like you know that it's just so in your face and it's it's become this kind of like culture and um, you know the advertising and the social media and you know the accounts around it it's almost, you know, for, for we alcoholics like myself and Heidi, it's uh, kind of an epidemic, right? Like, you know, and, uh, to me it's disturbing, (laughs) you know, but like, I mean, if there's lots of moms who can drink and who do like these things and it is kind of fun, you know, and like, I think back to before, um, I came to AA, like I would probably be right on board, like sporting those shirts and like loving it. And I remember taking like, you know, uh, red cups, you know, the plastic cups or whatever to like the park with my kid and, you know, have my wine in there or like, you know, putting the Mickey of vodka in the diaper bag. Like, and I really, at the time didn't see a problem with it like at all. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I don't think people do see a problem until, until they see a problem, right? It's, you don't, you don't yeah. really see it when you're in it. And that goes for, for a lot of things. So I think I want to get to know you guys a little bit better so that our listeners can sort of understand where we're coming from, because this episode is not obviously meant to be a judgment. That's not what we do at YGT Mama. You know, I just came clean and said that, you know, I, I'm fully a wine mom and, you know, I do struggle with mixed emotions around how I feel about that. And, you know, I'm sure I'm not alone. I know I'm not alone. So I wanted to talk to you guys who are on the other side of it. And I think by getting to know you a little better that we can, we can support that with our listeners. So Heidi, why don't you tell us a little bit about you, what you do, who you support, what your whole brand and coaching programs are about, and then we'll do the same for you, Jill. Um, okay. So, so yes, my name is Heidi and, um, I started up, uh, addictive designs probably about three and a half years ago. And, you know, it's funny, we talk about branding (laughs) the stigma around people who pick up drinks while I realized that, or whatever that looks like the, the, all the little taglines I've been in, I've been in recovery for almost eight years now. So, well, seven and a half, I started my journey you know, solidly around, uh, eight years ago as I progressed through. Um, so I, I'm not really familiar with a lot of those taglines, but I do know back when I started, I definitely felt alone. And even in, 
recovery when I started, you know, this whole movement of us coming forward as much as other people have. I just like, I realized that, um, you know, that recovery, there's, there is a lot of like, um, you know, if you, if you're in fellowship, Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, whatnot, there is, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we have to keep quiet, right. For an anonymous program. Right. Mm -hmm. But recovery is not as well beyond Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous. There's other ways to recover. And, um, you know, a lot of people are willing to wear their, their words on their chest. So when I started this, this, my clothing line a while back as a stay at home mom and a woman who worked from home already as a graphic designer, I wanted to do create clothing that was a like uh, supportive of people in recovery. I wanted to have a give back aspect to it to help new moms in recovery. And then, um, yeah, I mean, my, my messages, you know, started off based on a recovery platform, but like you brought up at the beginning of the show, uh, recovery is like across the board, right? There's many things that people are recovering from, but there's also, there's, you know, a lot of us start from depression, mental health issues, trauma, like that, that's a lot of what the root of, uh, why we picked up in the first place. So now I have this whole nother, aspect that deals with wellness and health and, um, you know, fitness activity. And then also help a lot of my clothing is worn by people who are directly affected by people who, uh, suffer in alcohol, alcohol in their alcoholism. So yeah, it's a kind of a three way part to it. Just incredible. I think uh, it's amazing what you're doing. Yeah. And and mm-hmm. it's great that you found a way to make it all just so cool. The clothes I, I took a look and they're so awesome. I'm going to, get some for myself (laughs) yeah well i mean women you know we didn't when we get sober we get good (laughs) right we look good we feel good uh our confidence level goes up you know a lot of my clothing i deal a lot um coming from a disordered eating myself a lot of my clothing is fit and cut for people women who have different body shapes that's really important too and then yeah, I just, it's, you know, there's a whole blanket of stuff that happens to, for us women who actually admit that we are in recovery. There's that we all kind of have multiple issues for lack of like, I mean, the rest of the world does, but like, it's just, yeah. So the, the clothing is kind of works for that also. And yeah, I mean, we, we, we feel good. We want to look good. And my clothes, you know, a lot of the clothing is catered to that also. And then what's the Archangels Society? So Archangels is a nonprofit society and I wanted to be able to give back a little bit more than I did. Part of, you know, what part of my my mission was to help as a new mom in recovery. It was incredibly challenging. I, you know, my bottom was pretty severe. I had to start over like from the bottom up. And I, you know, a lot of moms do, and a lot of moms don't come into recovery because they don't know how to support their kids and they don't know how to get on their feet and they tend to rush back right back into work. And that's not necessarily what's suggested. So uh, I I do each, you know, partial proceeds of each sale goes into uh, the Archangel Society. And then I divvy out the money to help women with baskets or clothing, or I go in and get women to go in and speak at different facilities across Vancouver. And that, and just, you know, the more I can give, the more I can give. And the, the nonprofit society was the way that I could do that. Amazing. I think it's so great. Yeah. And then Jill, how about you? What's tell us a little bit about Soberlicious Mama and, and the work that you've been doing. 
Um, yeah, I just, uh, my Instagram basically is, yeah, like you said, so just mama and I use it kind of as a platform. Like, of course I, I love putting pictures of my three beautiful daughters and like my husband and, you know, real life stuff, but I have a lot of quotes on there as well. Um, you know, things that kind of speak to me and I'll do a little like write up about them underneath, you know, um, just to kind of catch people's eyes and, and just to show that like, you know, like just to recover out loud. I think it's really important because I spent a lot of time having like a lot of guilt and shame over my alcoholism and, um, you know, being a mom and, and having that untreated alcoholism for a few years was really, um, dark and, and lonely. So, you know, I use my Instagram and like my website and my blog and stuff to kind of reach out to others and show them like, you know, like no matter how, how, far down you think you've gone like it's never too late to get help and if you think you have a problem you know like just to reach out and I get a lot of direct messages from women all over the world actually I'm working with a woman in Australia I'm working with another woman in Japan you know just moms that came across my Instagram and think that they might drink too much you know so it's pretty cool you're essentially coaching now too yeah, yeah, I guess so. Just kind of like, you know, helping them. I just show them, you know, what's worked for me. And I just share my experience, strength and hope with them. Um, you know, because obviously, I can't like diagnose anybody. But you know, like, so many moms like, you know, that, and like you shared about yourself, right? Like, it's like you wake up with a hangover. And you're like, how did that happen? Right? Or just feeling a bit foggy the next day or tired or, you know, not fully present because of, you know, your wine consumption or whatever. Like, it's it's very common. But then it's like, what happens when that becomes, yeah, when it becomes an issue, like for myself, drinking was a lot of fun in the beginning. And, and I had a lot of fun with it. But it was when I had my daughter that I found that like, now I have this child, and I'm still drinking the way that I did before I had my child. And, you know, like, it it caught up with me, you know, pretty quick. Yeah. And I think in a lot of cases from women I've spoke to in my journey, because obviously I talked to a lot of women between the books and the podcast and the blog and a lot of mothers, you know, a lot of these women that I talked to, they've started drinking more since having children because it it, it is that sort of like relaxation piece or, you know, they feel like they, they need it to come down from that hard day of of being a mom. And, you know, being a mom is hard. It's a lot of work. All of a sudden we're expected to take on all these roles. You know, we're a chauffeur, we're a chef, we're, you know, a housekeeper, (laughs) all of these things. And, you know, most of us Mm -hmm. are side hustling and managing businesses and we're entrepreneurs and like, it's, it is a lot to take on. You know, we just did an episode on marijuana and the legalization of cannabis in Canada and how that was, you know, sort of an interesting way to, to get that down that people are looking for with the consumption of alcohol, because, you know, you can have cannabis, you can consume it in so many different ways. Now it's legal and it really is used as medicine for things like anxiety and depression and all of those things. It's prescribed that way. Whereas alcohol is, is known as a depressant. And while it gives you that sort of instant numb and instant gratification, it, it definitely has different side effects later on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's funny that you brought up that too. I know, I know for myself, as soon as I had my son, I either there was two factors, the guilt and shame 
because all of a sudden it was it wasn't just me that I was hurting it was myself and my son and that buried me into like the abyss and also the isolation right I was stuck at yes. home what a perfect breeding ground to be able to drink and in my case use dope too right like it just that's where my, you know, that's where it really progressed. So I think that happens a lot more to moms than, you know, when moms don't want to admit it, because like I said, the guilt and shame of doing what we do with some with our kids is is terrifying. There's, right. And I think also what you mentioned about, like, at the end of your day of like mumming, you know, you, you do want that ease and comfort, you know, what I mean, you want, you know, the days are anxious, the days are crazy, the days are high energy and like high like anticipation and just like high it's just for me I don't know and I'm just like go 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 and it's just like almost like by the time it's seven o'clock you're just like wow like that was a day and you know a lot of women will reach for a glass of wine and that's that's you know totally the norm right and alcohol is legal yeah. right you you can buy it right and but to, to myself you know it's become poison so it's like a luxury I just don't afford anymore you know what I mean I, I don't afford that luxury of pouring myself a glass of wine you know absolutely but for some it works you know it just it worked for me for a while until it didn't work until I had poured a glass of wine and then I was on the phone with my drug dealer <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't have one without the other that's uh, that's a problem yes. well and that's <laughs> this is in no way a judgment for anyone because there are people who just have that one glass of wine you know I had a, a girlfriend sure, over the other sure. day and she was like oh do you have a glass of wine and I was like yeah sure here you go and then you know she left and then I was like hmm maybe I'll just have another one and another one <laughs> and, and you know mm-hmm. it's not everyone experiences that and you know I'm not necessarily saying that it's it's a horrible problem for for me but I notice a difference in my energy level in my behavior in my mood when I overconsume and I you know there's I definitely mm-hmm. have to check myself back into reality and be like okay enough is enough. And sure, like there'll be weeks I go without a single drink. But then when I do, it's like, oh, another one, another one, another one. So to me, that's like, you know, it's binge drinking and it's, it's not the healthiest thing. And, you know, I know I'm, I'm a very strong willed woman and I definitely shut it down when I feel that I'm getting into that problem. But it's, it's just such Mm. a, you know, we need to talk about it. It needs to be talked about because I know I'm not alone. And that's where this whole romanticizing of this came about. I think it's people not wanting to feel that guilt and shame. So we've made it completely okay. Like mommy juice and get mommy a drink. Did you know that the most used hashtag is send wine with over 170,000 hits? I was was blown away by that. Send wine within like the mommy blogger society. So, you know, we, we have made it the norm and yeah. yeah. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. A lot of the people on the show, when I, when I ask the questions at the end, I say, you know, what is, you know, a vice that you can't live without, or what is something that's part of your daily routine? And often wine is involved, but you know, it doesn't Mm -hmm. mean it's a problem for everyone. It just, no it's not I have a lot of girlfriends who who drank and like you know we don't have alcohol in my home just as Mm -hmm. a rule but when I go to their houses and we're having dinner or something like they'll have their wine and stuff I'm totally not bothered by it yeah at all which is amazing because it's out there like you can buy wine in the grocery store it's not it's not going anywhere but what we want to talk like what we really Mm want to 
show people today is that you're not alone. And if you are struggling, you don't need to feel that shame and that guilt because there are places to go. There are people to talk to. There's whole communities of people that you can talk to and, you know, without judgment, without shame. And it's a pretty amazing thing what you guys are doing for, for that community. Yeah. And I think something that Jillian just touched base on too, right? The fact that we can still hang out with people who do drink and do party. Like a lot of people think their life's over when they quit drinking, right? Or their mom's life, they're going to be stuck at home with their kids and they can't go out or the moms won't come over. If you're doing your recovery right, you can be around it, right? It's, it's not, it's not going to change your life for the worst if you're doing it right. It's an allergy. And there's some really fun, like non-alcoholic drinks too. Like at my wedding, we had like non-alcoholic champagne and like cool, like, you know, kind of mocktails and stuff. And yeah, yeah. you're not going to go into anaphylactic shock if you're around it. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's it's so true. (laughs) I always tell people that like, you know, when I'm at a restaurant or wherever and they're wanting to ask if I drink or, or what I like, a drink or see the wine menu or whatever. I'm like, oh no, I'm allergic to alcohol. And they're like, oh no. I'm like, yeah, when I drink alcohol, I break out in cocaine. So to segue into something maybe a little more personal, if you guys don't mind, Jill, I know your story, you're a contributor and you've got this mama too. I've edited and read and enjoyed reading your journey. It's so powerful. And without giving away all the goods, um, I would just love to hear a little bit about your backstories, if you don't mind sharing that, because I know, you know, what, what did it take? How did you know that you needed to get help? Like where, and I know that some of your stories could be quite extreme, but you know, what was sort of rock bottom for you? Um, I had like a couple different rock bottoms, but you know, like, and you know, my story and, uh, but just I'll share in a general way. Um, you know, for me, like I said, it was like when I had my daughter, right. And I was trying to like party, like I was, didn't have my daughter, you know? And I remember like being pregnant with her. I, I loved like being pregnant because I like, that was the first time in a long time. I think I was like 26 and I had been drinking since I was like 11 or 12, you know, socially or whatever. And here and there. And that was the first time since, you know, being 11 or 12 that I had gone more than like a couple months without alcohol. And I loved not being hungover. I loved, you know, feeling this meaning and purpose that I felt I lacked my whole life. And I just couldn't wait to be her mom. And, you know, I lived with my parents for the first couple months and, you know, basically, once I picked up alcohol again, you know, I couldn't stop, right? Like I, I just I, and then I would make promises to myself and to my baby, like, oh, I'm never doing that again, you know, because I would always take alcohol to the next level. Like, I don't remember a time where I used alcohol without drugs, mm-hmm. you know, so it was always kind of scary. And, and I just felt so guilty. And I, I remember just looking at her and being like, why can't you be enough? Right? Like, I want to stop, right? I don't want to do this. But I didn't realize that I have a disease, you know, I, I believe that I was suffering from untreated alcoholism. And, um, you know, every, every year I would say like, okay, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm gonna quit drinking and quit drinking. And, you know, each year would come and she'd get a year older and I still would never quit. And, um, but then I came, I got introduced to recovery in 2011. You know, she, she was about four and, you know, she was starting to ask things. Right. And I remember she took a sip of like something that was on the counter and it was like straight vodka and she was so sick. And I was just like, holy shit, like, this is crazy. Like I need help. And, um, 
So I went to a, a meeting, you know, uh, in recovery and I was introduced to, um, Alcoholics Anonymous and, you know, I didn't stay sober. I didn't stick around, but like, you know, I, I kind of had some hope, right. I saw and I met people that like drank the way that I did and used the way that I did. And I met women who lost their children. And like, that was a rock bottom. I just did not want to face, right. Like I did not want that to be my story. So, you know, I get some time here and there and, and I just, uh, would kind of come in and out of, of recovery and, um, you know, and then I, I met my now husband and I had a second daughter and then I, um, I ended up getting like a little bit of postpartum depression. And then when I picked up drugs and alcohol that time, I think coupled with the postpartum depression, it led me to um, trying to commit suicide. And that was super scary. And I was so like guilt filled and remorseful and shameful that that wouldn't, that didn't stop me. It just made me pick up more and keep running. Cause I just could not face myself. Like, and that's when I met Heidi actually. And Heidi came into my life and Heidi pretty much pulled me out of the muck wow. and um, we got busy. Yeah. And we got busy. Yeah. <laughs> Such a powerful bond you two must have too. Yeah. It was amazing. You know, she's just been there for me and that's the cool thing about, you know, recovery is like you, you meet these amazing women. And like, you know, I, I remember I had met her before at a women's retreat, like a couple of years before this. And I was just so in awe of her. I'm like, there's like, how does this woman have like, you know, four years sober? And like, this is crazy. Like, I think I had like 30 days or something. And I was just like, wow. And, you know, like she was just uh, had all these girlfriends and she was laughing and smiling. And I was just like, I don't get it. Right. But when I met her this, this time when I was pretty much like, you know, I was at a crossroads, you know, my husband husband was kind of done with me. I had, you know, broken my oldest daughter's heart again. And, and now there's my second baby and we're approaching her first birthday and history is going to repeat itself. Right. And I, I guess Heidi, you know, contacted my husband and him and her were on the phone and it was either like, you're going to do the work. You're going to be willing to change everything and get right, right, right to work in this recovery thing, or you're going to have to go to treatment and be without your kids. And I chose to get into the work and and we've been together ever since. <laughs> and that was like almost three years wow. ago. Now, when you say the work, what what do you mean by that? You did mention something pre-show about the gift of desperation. Um, is this spiritual work? Is this, you know, fitness? Is it a combination of things? Is it mindset? Is it personal development? Like what what is the work that is involved? You can answer that. <laughs> like Heidi? <laughs> um, the work. Well, everything that you don't want to do, I'm going to say that straight off the back. When you first come in, it's like all the things you can't even fathom that you can do, which you really can, because our head will play tricks on us. It looks like, um, you know, in Jillian and mine's case, we are members of fellowship. So we, you know, go to meetings, we lock in, we, we do a 12 step program, we get pick up the book, we write our step work, we, you know, help somebody else, we do things that we really get out of our comfort zone, right? We show up, first of all, we get up in the morning, we wash our hair, like it sounds crazy, right? Like we go out the door, like just sometimes right at the beginning, it's just the basics. And then as we go, it's like, you know, Jillian and I, Jillian knows about as much as of me as I do her, right? And and we we share our words, we share our thoughts, like just because 
we're sober now, we still have our struggles. We like pick up the phone and call each other and go, Hey, I'm having a bad day. This is what's going on. And then we get like, you know, it's not a secret anymore, right? We just talk about what's really going, Hey, I'm struggling today. I, you know, I feel like could this put and thrown in the towel. And then, you know, it's just little things like that, 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 you know, a lot of people would think would be really easy, but for people you know, struggling and in their addiction, it's not, you know, it's just the really relearning how to live. Mm -hmm. Like without like that medicine that you found with alcohol, right? Like to that, you know, you put down the drinking and the drugging, but then you're left with yourself. Right. Yeah. And you know, that like I believe, or I've been taught that our disease is, you know, it has a couple different parts and one it centers in our mind. Right. And so um, we're left with our thinking and we have to kind of work around that. And I love the saying, trust God, clean house, help others, because, you know, you, you have to find a higher power. Uh, in, in my situation, like that was key for me and you have to help others, right? Like that was just something I never did in my whole life. I was all about taking and like helping myself. And, you know, like all I did was take and, and then you come into recovery and, and you are taking at first, but then you're staying to give and, you know, Heidi had a lot of sponsees, which means like women that she helps. And that was really inspiring. And, and now I, you know, she taught me how to take people through the work and I have sponsees and it's just kind of come full circle, you know, that's so amazing. Yeah. And I, I love the saving saying too, the, the bottom line is, is like the drugs and the alcohol are the least of our problems. There is a whole underlying thing of why people pick up. Right. And, and, and when you do the work, you're, you're repairing that you're taking responsibility, you're, you know, doing your amends, you're right, you know, talking about the trauma and all the stuff like as you go into high risk situations in your alcoholism, driving with your kids drunk or, you know, stashing dope in your kids diaper. I know that's extreme, but you know, it does happen. Right. And, and, and barricading your you know behind there's so much that happens that we need to talk about and feel okay with and get rid of that shame Mm -hmm. and that comes pen to paper and it's writing and it's sharing with another it's bringing god into your life if you know god is a scary word for a lot of people but god is all consuming right there's the different forms of that also and and that you know just saying like you know jillian sharing what's happened for her to her or what she's done in her life and me being able to go, Hey, me too. Right. And then knowing that you are not alone in this walk. Mm-hmm. Well, and I love that so and much. And it's work. a, it's a perfect transition into, well, like YGT mama is exactly built on that. It's sharing your truth. It's sharing your authentic journey in whatever that is. You know, we have moms in the books sharing about losing a child. We have women speaking about miscarriage. We have all kinds of trauma. We have fertility struggles and, you know, everything in between. So I've had some of my authors come to me and say, you know, this has been like 10 years of therapy. This is amazing. And that's what it's about. It's about sharing your truth. It's about sharing your story in whatever capacity that is, whether it's at AA meetings or writing it down in a book or blogging about it, or just, you know, using your social media platform as a place to share, you know, watching that whole Me Too movement and it's sharing. And that's what it comes Mm. down to. We're we're in a place in life right now where it it's okay to share our story. You know, women have never been more powerful ever. And it's so magical to see everyone stepping up and really just putting themselves out there and being vulnerable and being real and being raw and being, you know, themselves, you know, do you right. Yeah. (laughs) 
and trusting each other, you know, trusting another woman is just like huge. And I remember Heidi said to me, like, in the beginning too, like when it was kind of like do or die literally. And she was like, you know, like shared with me about losing her son and what that looked like, you know, for her, maybe Heidi, you want to share a little bit about that? But like, you know, Mm. it really stuck with me because I was like, you know, that happened to her. Like, you know, that doesn't have to happen to me, but here's what we need to do so that that's not the outcome here for me. Right. Mm. And it's, again, it comes down to sharing, right. Being vulnerable enough to share you know, the, the highs and the lows and like, you know, just it's, it's amazing really. Like, it's just so courageous to be that vulnerable. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I mean, there, just with that said too, there is going to be judgment, right? For us who do step forward and say who we are or what we've been, you know, you're always going to have those people who are going to come in and, you know, either a, they're struggling deep down too. And we, we have some compassion around that or B they're not our people right? That's the bottom line. You move on to the next one, you know, and that's, you got to stay strong around that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Now, Heidi, did you want to share your story? (laughs) Sure. Me, I, um, so my story is, you know, I've been trying to like Jillian tried to get sober here and there, you know, probably starting, uh, 2007, 2008. And, uh, I couldn't get the gig either. And I, you know, would get a, you know, come kind of come off of alcohol and move over to prescription medicine was a big part of my problem. Also, I have a lot of chronic pain issues from past accidents. And, uh, you know, that was legal as legal as alcohol and prescribed by doctors, but I found a way to definitely maneuver my way around that and get more as per usual, everything has to be more. And uh, eventually, unfortunately, when I couldn't get more of what my prescription medicine was, which was opiates, the oxy, I got caught in the oxy epidemic. Um, You know, I I did pick up the street drug heavily. And that just kind of tumbled me to the ground as somebody who worked, I worked a lot, you know, everything in my life has been really extreme. I am, a, you know, I like to work a lot. I had a lot of good things in my life. And then slowly, um, when I did get pregnant with my son, um, you know, I talked about that isolation a little bit earlier. So there I was stuck at home, you know, in a lot of pain after giving birth to my son, my hips kind of shift shifted a little bit. And I, you know, could manage to get a little bit more medicine because hips were part of my damage with, uh, I crushed my pelvic. Anyways, that's a whole nother story. (laughs) Um, And um, yeah, all of a sudden as a, you know, being at home with my baby and a lot of pain and access to all the different things I had access to, I just, you know, all of a sudden as, and eventually a single mother, you know, that is part of my story. I was a single, I am a single mom. Now I have, you know, a partner in my life, but uh, it was heavy. And um you know, somebody did eventually call the Ministry of Children. I don't know what it is in Ontario, but here it's the Ministry of Children Social Development. And my son was taken away from me. When I say taken away, he was gently taken away from me. You know, my his, the father took him and then I did end up having to go into treatment. My I was very, very sick. I was close to near death um, with multiple issues in my life. You know, I have struggle from PTSD, anxiety, um, eating disorders, like alcoholism, drug use, 
all of the above. And then I, so my son was taken away and what seemed like an eternity, it turned out to be, you know, only a few, you know, five weeks, he was gradually put back into my life. And um, yeah, from here on in, it's, you know, (laughs) the work, right. (laughs) And I didn't rush it. You know, it was suggested not to rush it. So I did not rush it. Um, You know, and he was back in my life full time within the year which, you know, at the time seemed like a long time. But now when you think about it, when you, you know, that's just a short glitch and or glip or whatever it is in our, the rest of our lives to be able to repair ourselves. Wow. Crazy. So powerful. Well, thank, thank yeah. you. And recovery hasn't been easy for me either. I've had a lot of things happen, you know, throughout and continue to happen. You know, as I said, you take away the, the drugs and the alcohol, you're left with yourself. And as the, you know, sometimes we're protected. Our bar, our brains do a lot of protection. Um, you know, it, it only allows us to deal with what comes up as it comes up. And, you know, right now, you know, seven and a half years sober, I have a lot of stuff coming up right now that has, you know, I guess now God's telling me to do the work around certain stuff. So I'm trying to deal with that. Right. And you just, you deal with as it comes up. Right. It's, it's just, just not like an easy coast, this recovery thing, but nor is life. Exactly. It's day by day. Everything is day by day. Right. You just got to put one foot in front of the other, wake up, do it again. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Just keep keep going. (laughs) Keep on going. Well, ladies, unless there's something else that we may have missed that you want to discuss, I want to get into some, some fun questions and, you know, learn a little bit more about you. And it also helps our, our listeners, you know, dig in a little more about things that, you know, are part of your routine. And, um, I'm definitely going to put in the show notes, um, your clothing line, Heidi and your blog, Jill. So anything else that you wanted to say to the moms out there, maybe, you know, words of advice, if they're struggling, maybe some techniques or tools around coping, anything like that, that you want to add, and then we'll get into the fun stuff. Yeah. Um, well on Facebook, like if anyone is interested and they want to add me, it's Jillian West on Facebook. And I have a fun little, um, group it's for moms, but it is, it's called Soberlicious Mamas, um, support group. And, you know, you don't have to be an alcoholic to join the group, but it's just, you know, if somebody thought that maybe they might have a problem with alcohol, like it's a, it's a great little resource to come to. And there's, um, you know, like a couple hundred members, some are not alcoholics and some are, but it's like, we're all moms and we just, you know, we're all kind of trying to do the thing and, um, it's just a support group and you can find a lot of resources there as well. And, um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I like that. And I do like a lot of different like online meditations as well. I find for like unwinding myself, like when I need 20 minutes to just kind of like breathe, I'll usually like have my husband be with the kids and I'll go upstairs and close the door and, um, and just like do like a online meditation, which you can find, you know, just you can YouTube them or whatever. Those are good. Or there's like AA speaker tapes. If you're not really sure what like AA is all about and you don't want to go to a meeting, you can just listen to like an AA speaker tape and they're fine found on Audio Joy. It's like an app you can get and they're kind of fun. I, I enjoy Interesting. them. Cool. Thank you. How about you, Heidi? Just shoulder for me. <laughs> well, your turn, honey. <laughs> you got anything? We got some signals going on over here. <laughs> like, I don't know. 
Uh, I'm not very computer savvy. So <laughs> as you know, Sabrina, I don't really have any like links and like, you know, no, things like that. Okay. We'll find the links. So that's what we do over here. So it's, it's literally just tools yeah, okay, or, cool. you know, it doesn't even have to be resources. It could be anything, anything that's just helped you that you think could help somebody else is that's all. Well, so in sobriety, you mean, or just, just in, in general? general? I mean, just in or general, maybe for moms life. that don't really know if they're struggling, or <sighs> you know, just where can people go for support? What can they do to sort of figure out if they even have a problem, or you know, probably if they're questioning, then they do. But what what does that look like? Are there warning signs? Is there anything that you know people should look out for? Um, Obviously, that's a big, a much bigger question than what I originally asked. But yeah, I think. Well, I know for me, um, I'm over on the North Shore in Vancouver, and we have like a women's center. Um, got it. The, the name of it slipped my mind, unfortunately. Avalon. The Avalon. Yeah. So we there's actually a women resource center over here. I do know they they kind of run all over there. You can find them. They have childcare available. Mm-hmm. And there's other moms there that are in the same situation and they have meetings, they have support services. Um, there are some online phones, you know, but I guess I, I guess the main thing is, is to like, am I an alcoholic? Like a lot of women don't know that, or, you know, it, it's like, I guess for me, it's like, well, can you stop? Right. Can you stop? Like, so m- most normal drinkers can just casually stop like they could go for without a month without drinking right it's or when you're in crisis or are you seeking excuses right are you seeking for some sort of chaotic something to happen so you could pick up a drink right I'd always create these big problems so I could pick up I noticed that also is a lot of behavior like oh my my life is unmanageable well you know and then uh what else it's like if you um yeah, like if you have to have more or you start hiding it or lying about it, you know what I mean? Like lying about the amount you're taking, yeah. um, st- like stashing it. I know a lot of like a couple of my girlfriends who um, weren't really sure if they had a problem or not. They were mentioning to me that they would like hide it among like around their apartment so that their partner wouldn't <laughs> see, you know, their little stashes. I think that's kind of, uh, you know, problematic. And then also just not being able to go anywhere without like like having a drink, right? Like always being in social situations where you can drink and then like not, not, you know, not being a moderate drinker, right? Or like just, I don't know. Well, a lot of like, so a lot or like having to drink to go into social situations, yeah, yeah, right? Anxiety. Like sometimes that, that's a big sign too. At least that was for me. I couldn't get it. I had to kind of numb out a little bit to be able with anxiety to get out and to be around social. Take the edge kids off. Kids parties, right? Oh my God, <laughs> right? Like just like, you know, or like anything. For anything, just any kind of excuse. You always find a reason to have to drink. You know, I remember going to like a friend's dinner party and I remember they were serving wine there and, I, and we got there and there was a bottle of red and a bottle of white and, and there was about like eight of us at this dinner party and I'm like thinking right away as soon as I saw the bottles I'm like that's I'm like calculating in my head already that's probably like just two glasses each I'm like good thing I brought my Mickey of vodka which I would just <laughs> take in my purse and drink in the bathroom right so I could still look normal to these people that I'm enjoying the wine with them you know I don't know there's just you know or reach out to us on on our Instagrams right like direct message us and mm-hmm. we're so happy to help and just share stories or share pieces of the of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous you know see if that they can relate to some of the literature awesome. in there you know 
Yeah, I think Jillian and I, I, I know Jillian does, and I also spend a lot of time all day long responding to people who private message me like, hey, this is, that's actually a big one. Like, just shoot us a message, mm-hmm. right? And we can direct you somewhere and, you know, not to take on the world or anything like that. But there are people, you'll notice little signs of people out there who are not drinking and you can shoot them a message too. What are you doing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's so great. Well, thank again, you, ladies, like, if you so much. Drink, cool. Like, that's a- <laughs> um, so I just wanted to get into the fun stuff. We like to do this just to sort of bring the energy back to neutral and and give our moms some some good parenting stuff. Because after all, it is a mommy podcast. So, a couple of really fun questions. What is your morning routine? And I know this is different for everyone. It's so wildly different. And I know that. Oh <laughs> I know gosh. that Heidi, you have teenagers and then Jill, you've got like little ones like I do. So it's probably very different for the both of you. Yeah. Well, mine is pretty much the same every day. I get uh, awoken by the baby who just turned two. And luckily for me, my uh, almost 12 year old daughter, she's great. Like she is so um, responsible. So she like gets her own, like, you know, she sets her alarm, she does her thing. She packs her own lunch. She's just out the door by like, you know, eight 30. It's amazing. I'm so like, so lucky you. blessed with her. <laughs> like it's not a struggle at all. She, she's just great. And then, so then I've just got the three and a half year old and the two year old and the two year old usually wakes up first. And then, uh, you know, I got I <laughs> I can't cook, so they get oatmeal mm-hmm. or egos, and uh, you know, and then they get uh, to watch a little bit of TV. I'm all about the Paw Patrol in the morning, just so I can make my coffee and drink it down. So Paw Patrol it is, and then uh, we're pretty much out the door. Crazy. It's and whether we're out the door with them in their pajamas and no shoes, then we're still out the door. <laughs> I like I need to get out the door. I don't. I'm not a stay at home kind of mom. I can't stand being at home for too long. Like I don't want to be there. I like to be go, go, go. Yeah. It's funny that you talk about your 12 year old daughter. Cause my, I guess that's the difference between tween boys and girls. Mine is like not at all helpful <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> Mine's the same. I'm with yeah. you there. <laughs> it's not easy getting my 12 year old. It's like, it's like an hour long process. Totally. To and that's that's an, a oh, different God. episode yeah. in itself. Like the difference between tween boys and girls, but yeah. oh man, it's, it's pretty heavy stuff. Yeah. I think for me, like my prior, like I am non-functioning and non-existent to society in the morning, or I mean, sorry to the world for the rest of the day. If I don't get at least an hour yeah. to myself, I'm an early riser. So uh, what my morning routine looks like is waking up at like the crack of ignorance, which looks like 435 (laughs) in the morning, which is, you know, which is fine. As long as I get that hour to myself, sometimes I like to go to the gym before the kids wake up and get back and then start the process of waking my son up. So that that's a big, huge stress reliever for me is the gym and my headset and my music and my me time is super important. Um, if I'm also a prayer, I, I do a lot of smudging and that kind of stuff. So sometimes I do a little bit of ceremony in the morning if I if need be, especially if I'm not right-sized, for lack of a better term, and just find that that connection to meditation and prayer is huge. And then I like to uh, start my day by, yeah, it just seems to be, if I don't get that, then everybody else suffers for the rest of the day around me and I'll make sure they do. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not nice if I don't get that. 
that that quality time to myself. Well, and I think that's a yeah. really important point is that we we all need a little bit of me time, right? You've got to fill your own cup and just make sure that you're taken care of first. And that goes into one of our other questions about self-care, um, a self-care ritual that you practice that you would highly recommend other moms try. So Heidi, we know that me time, <laughs> it's it's definitely considered a self-care ritual yeah. for sure. A lot of people like exercise is their self-care ritual. Some people, you know, talk about taking a bath or walking in nature. Jill, is there anything that you would recommend our mamas try that works for you? That's sort of a self-care mm-hmm. practice. Well, I love, I get my eyelashes done. That's like my, my one thing. Like I don't do nails. I don't really do hair. Like I don't have, I'm not really like high maintenance in any of sort of the beauty type stuff. However, (laughs) my eyelashes are like, they are huge and they have to be. And so I go, you know, once every four weeks to my lash girl and she puts on the lash extensions there. I have a nap. I fall asleep every single time. Right. And then I wake up beautiful with these lashes and then I don't have to wear as much makeup as well because then I have these (laughs) lashes and they're just like my thing. Right. Like everybody knows like Jill has the lashes. Right. (laughs) And it's like self-care. It's like, you know, it's because I get a nap when I go there. Right. And my husband watches the kids. I get to go do these lashes and then I'm feeling really great for like, you know, the whole time that I have them on. And I cut down my morning time as far as like a five minute face is all that's needed. I never have to really like fuss with my makeup because I've got these gorgeous lashes on. So Amazing. <laughs> I do recommend lashes. And what, what <laughs> is it that sense. you do to your lashes? Are they extensions? So I get or? eyelash extensions. Extensions, yeah. okay. Yeah, cool. and the girl that I found in Vancouver, she's amazing. If anyone wants to follow her, she's at Ice Lash Extensions. She is like the unicorn of lash artists. Like, <laughs> she, you know, her retention, like the, how long you can go in between fills is four weeks. That's like unheard of. And she's cheap. She's just based in Richmond, BC, which is just like a little bit of a drive from Vancouver. Just the sweetest girl Great prices, you know, great, great awesome. nap time. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll put and that in time. Yeah, it's awesome. So fun. I haven't had mine mm-hmm. done yet, but it's something I want to do. I feel like since having kids, not only have I lost a lot of my hair on my head, but I've yeah. lost a lot of eyelashes <laughs> and eyebrows and like hair everywhere is just falling out. Yeah. So a whole mess. Well, you got to try <laughs> the itself. lashes. Lashes are life. Yeah. They're life. They're game changers. Amazing. And then, you know, like my one, my one thing I can just think of just to like, I'll just end with like, you know, when you're on the airplane and you're traveling and they give you the safety debrief, they always say like, you know, mothers and, you know, parents like put the mask on first, right. In case of emergency Mm -hmm. or whatever, and then put your children's on. It's like, you have to take care of yourself, right? Like I need to, I need to really be the best version of myself, which means I need to take care of myself so that I can better take care of my kids. You know, there's days where I'm dragging them from like AA meeting to AA meeting. I'm dragging them to the gym. I'm dragging them here or there. But you know what? Like they're seeing that their mom is living a life that like, you know, she can be proud of and and a sober life as well. And they're seeing that, you know, like mom takes care of her so she can take care of us. Yeah, absolutely. It's the most important thing. I shouldn't feel guilty about that. Never. No, no guilt there. Okay. One parenting hack that you cannot live without. So this can be a product, a rule, an item, like it can literally be Paw Patrol if it needs to be Mm -hmm. (laughs) just one parenting (laughs) hack that it works for you. Okay. Mine is, um, don't hang around with other moms that don't like you. 
Yeah, that's a good one. That's it. Yep. The end. <laughs> yeah, it becomes so much drama, right? The whole high school drama. It's not a very good. Uh, well, it's not easy to make like friends at like in your like I just turned 40. Like it's not easy to make adult friends. Right. But like you got to and you you make friends because your kids like, you know, now my daughter, my middle daughter is going to preschool. So like, you know, you get some birthday invitations to people you don't know and you got to, you know, but like. And also just the mom groups, right? The mom get togethers and stuff. That's what I love about my my little tribe on Facebook. It's like, we're just like non-judgmental, no shaming, no guilting, you know? And I know Sabrina, you're a part of Rebel Mamas. Heidi, you are too. Like it's a great mom site, right? For just drama-free, you know, stuff. And there's so few you know, why of hang around them. It's hard. Like yeah, there's, so, there's really so few of them that, you know, everyone wants to be judgment free and everyone wants to be completely inclusive but there's there's always something right it's always yeah off. <laughs> we're women yeah it's yeah. hard but i do like the the direction this whole movement is going with like women really lifting each other up and you know we rise together and there's a lot of support especially i see that within ygt mama community within rebel mama's community like there's a few of them that it really genuinely is about support and helping one another and growth and opportunity. And, you know, just we're in this together. And I always say in the books too, I say like, we're all different. We all have different backgrounds. Our kids are different. Our schedules are different. Our lives are completely different, but we're united in motherhood. We're all moms, whatever that looks like. I love that. I love that. Genuinely looks completely different. You know, I was talking last episode, we were talking about infant sleep and what works for some doesn't work for others. And like, you can Google anything and I promise you, you will not find the answer there because it's different for every single person, mm-hmm. right? Every situation, every child, everything. So we're united in motherhood and that is all. <laughs> so get over all that. that, get over the judgment, get over the shaming. Like we're, and that's why I love with our, our books. It's, sharing people's journeys and like one chapter is about breastfeeding the other is about bottle feeding one's about c-sections one's about you know mm-hmm. natural hypnobirth it's so diverse and it's yeah there's just so mm-hmm. many options and you can't compare comparison is the thief of joy and you can't compare your journey to another and you know even when we're talking about in certain episodes when we we're talking about loss it's like oh well her loss was greater than my loss and it's like well no Loss is loss. Grief is Mm -hmm. grief. Pain is pain. (laughs) Love is love. Joy is joy. These are emotions that we all experience differently. So it's just so important to really, truly support one another without judgment. And I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. Heidi, what about you? A mom hack or parenting hack that you can't Um, remember? Well, for me, it's timeouts, but I'm not talking about my sons. I'm talking about me. Like I really like <laughs> if all of a sudden like he's going like especially the 12 year old right my my one my birth baby I uh yeah like he tests me and he's he's quite feisty he's me he's a mini me <laughs> and it looks like you know I I have to take a time out right and then I come back and I just get to his level we talk about something you know just drop the fight drop this like hey let's talk about let's I'll just listen to him right mm-hmm. the other thing is uh you know, I talked about it earlier. A big one for me is just getting to the gym and burning it off. And I, I mean, if I was to talk about anything that 
you know, a little out out of the day type thing that I actually have to do is, which I don't know if it's great for me, but I, it's tanning beds. Yeah. <laughs> I get in there, like, you're all tanned about over her here. Lashes. It's <laughs> like, I need 20 minutes in the tanning bed <laughs> where I can like have no phone because I'm busy. Like our phones are going. Yeah. So it just, I know it sounds so superficial, but it, it's like, vitamin you know what? D. <laughs> it's like vitamin D. It's like helps with like, yeah, it helps with a lot of stuff. I, I don't know if I should be promoting it, but <laughs> that's like, I got to get there and just get out and just get into like just me zone nothing else but yeah I talk you know time and well, I think that's the bottom line it's it's really whatever works yeah. for you it's whatever that time out is it's whatever you know excites you it's things you look forward to whether it's a tanning bed or eyelashes or the gym or a nap or it, it doesn't, doesn't matter right like it's going to be different shower. for everyone you know you have a second shower just so you can like cry yeah, in that I shower <laughs> I love yes. second shower days those, yeah. are the, those are the best days actually yeah, no, I just, I'm not. I love days when I even get a shower. I'm pretty simple. <laughs> I wish I could like say I like to go shopping or anything like that. I just don't even like that. I just, it's just my thing. I'm really fortunate. A lot of the things that I like that help me are, are free for lack of a better term. It's just, yeah, it's, I'm, you know, I'm a little bit of an introvert you know, introvert, extrovert. So it's really important for me to take, like, I don't schedule any calls, business stuff between three and five every day. I recoup at home and I just zone out whatever that mm-hmm. looks like. If it's a nap, it's, or, you know, my bed or quiet time. That's just what is what it is. It's important. To me. So good. Well, that's it, ladies. Unless you have one more thing you want to add, then, then that's the I show. Know your, I'm, I'm just, I want to know I'm your so... mom hack before we go. My, yeah. <laughs> my mom hack is really just letting go, yeah. surrendering, nice. saying, you know what? At the end of the day, it is what it is. Tomorrow's a new day. It's, it, you just got to sort of take it as it is. You know what? If my kid didn't eat an organic strawberry today, it's, he's going to be <laughs> all right. If I had to feed him hot dogs and craft dinner for dinner, he's going to survive. Yeah. You know, we lived off of like sugar cereal and Joe Louis when we were kids. <laughs> yeah. and we're still here. So <laughs> it's, it's just really surrendering to the outside influences and saying, it's yeah, okay. Like I'm doing a good job. You know what? It's it's not going to look the way it looks on Pinterest. It's going to look the way it looks right here, right now. And when my kid says, I love you, mommy, at the end of the night, when I tuck him in, then that's everything. You know, we're, we just got to keep, keep Beautiful. going yeah. and keep forgiving, always, keep forgiving ourselves. It's always and changing keep, too with these kids yeah. too, right? Just when you think you have it figured out, they, it changes. So it's just go with the flow. Like you said, oh just go with it. I love it. Don't even get me started on like the time change coming up. Yeah. I'm, it's like, yeah, it's all, everything is always changing schedules, sleep, food, you know, pickiness, all of it. It just changes. So you kind of have to roll with the punches and say, okay, well, that's what it is today. And tomorrow it's going to be different mm-hmm. again. And, you know, really, one thing I say in the books and I say all the time is like, all things are temporary, including the good stuff. So it's like taking the good stuff realizing that that's short-lived, but also taking the bad stuff and realizing that's short-lived yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> like, like nothing that, just yeah. sticks forever and ever. Right? Yeah. Well, ladies, thank you so much for getting on. I really appreciate it. And it's been so great talking with you today and very informative and, you know, very open. And I just love the vulnerability and sharing your story. It's, it really is brave and powerful. And just thank you for, for sharing this space with us thank today. You. Thank you for having us, Sabrina. Yeah, thank you. 
Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sabrina Greer, your host, and you've been listening to You've Got This Mama, the podcast. You can follow us at YGT Mama and join our conversation on Instagram and Facebook. To get more information on the stories we share here, our books, the blog, our community, head on over to www.ygtmama.com. You can also access the show notes. If you haven't already, please head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your daily listen and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us so much and we value every single review. We also have a special gift for our subscribers. I would like to thank our production team and Megan Krampotich, our producer, for making this happen. Thank you so much to all of you for giving us your ear and tune in next week. In the meantime, please, please remember, Mama, you've got this.